KJAMS 105.3 is sitting there pretty with me, your favorite radio reverend, Preach Easy. If this is your first time joining, allow me to reintroduce myself. They call me easy, not because I'm easy on the eyes, but because I believe the gospel should be easy like a Sunday morning. That's not saying that we don't have those real tough conversations. That's just saying that who you are, those questions that you're asking yourself in the middle of the night, who you are, what you're meant to be, what does God even make you for? I believe that all those answers are more. I believe that those are real easy. Now, if this is your first time diving in, then let me remind you, we have been, uh, we, we have been discussing our Seven Deadly Sins series for the past couple weeks. Today we are diving into greed. However, if this is your first time joining and you want, and that you sit there and like that sounds real mad interesting, then go ahead and you can tune in on all streaming platforms, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you can go in and tune in and catch up on all those past. We started off with sloth, dived into wrath, went into envy, and now today it is time for greed. See, greed in that original um, uh, in the original Greek is avaricia, and that's essentially this selfish or intense desire to obtain wealth or power. And it's really this combination where people start to miss the mark or chata, and this is where we go back to our original seven deadly sins. A chata or a sin is to miss the mark. Now, a lot of folk in Christian dogma will try and say that you've been sinning, so you're a mistake, you a whole sinner, but... That's not really how it's meant to understand in the original Hebrew. Sin, or the Chata version, just means to miss the mark. It's not insinuating or assuming that you will always miss the mark or that you will always make the mistake. It's just saying that you have the capacity, the ability to either succeed or to fail. And we all recognize that all the time. But the thing is, where a lot of us get caught up on is when we miss the mark, we continue to miss the mark. We don't correct ourselves. We don't fix it. And because a lot of times it could be embarrassment or... For a lot of us, we just don't know how. And that's what I'm here for. I want to help you figure out how to hit the mark for each of the seven deadly sins. Because if you don't know, each seven deadly sin has an opposite side, a virtue. Now, some of these virtues, if taken to their fullest extreme, are just as bad as the sin. For greed, the opposite virtue would be charity. But just like greed, where it's selfishly taking so much, where you take from others, if charity, if you give so much of yourself to where you give away yourself, then you won't be able to be yourself. And so as much as sin is negative, charity or the virtue on the opposite of that seven deadly sin can be just as devastating. Now, let's dive in and talk about greed, because greed looks entirely different depending on the socioeconomic class that you're in. Socioeconomic class is just where you stand on how much money you make, whether you live in paycheck to paycheck or you've been you make hundreds of thousands of dollars an hour. I wish I was you. Not my case. Now, greed looks entirely different between those. Now, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, a lot of times greed is tossed at you because it seems that all you can think about is money. And for a lot of individual spiritual leaders, they attack and hone in on people for having this belief, this love of money. Now, they pull it from Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 5.10 is this book written by a king, and this book is supposedly the one of the books of wisdom in the Old Testament. It's originally written in Hebrew, and it's written by a king who has done and seen all. He says in 5.10, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. Most of Ecclesiastes is written by this king and this king is going through arguing that the only thing that is worth it in life is wisdom. 
this king in Ecclesiastes has lived and done and seen all things, or at least a multitude of things, and goes on and says, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless, saying that the acquisition of money, the gaining of materials, it's going to fade away. Now, like I said, greed looks entirely different depending on the socioeconomic class that you're in. Now, for a king, that would mean their socioeconomic class is up there. They're a billionaire like Steve Jobs or, or Jeff Bezos. These are rich super billionaires, the king. So it may be simpler or easier for these rich folk to say, oh, money isn't all that, because they got it. They're running out of ways to figure out how to do with it. If anything, they're giving tithes to do tax write-offs so the government doesn't take their money. They're figuring out how to keep their money within themselves. So they'll go ahead and say, well, whoever has money, they're missing something. But like I said, that's very easy for the riches of the rich to say. See, the understanding of what money does is entirely different when you're super rich. What money does when you're super rich is provide privilege, is provide power. But when you're super poor, living paycheck to paycheck, what money does is provide safety, security. What it does is provide a food consistently. See, greed looks entirely different when you're a billionaire and when you live in paycheck to paycheck. See, let me put you on to some scientific knowledge. There's something called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And what it says is that for a person to fully understand who they are, what they're meant to be, their destiny, what they're growing towards, the only way they can do that is if they establish a few of the basic needs. The first and two levels, because the Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs is built like a pyramid, the first two levels, the big bases at the bottom, are the needs for food and shelter. The very basic, if you were thrown out in the middle of the woods, the first thing that you're going to do, you're not going to go and find money. You're going to figure out how do I build food and shelter. You out there in the middle of the forest, bears and trees don't take money. They don't take dollar bills. They, however, I have heard, do take pesos. So just in case, you know, they have an exchange rate. But normally you're going to want to go out there and get shelter and food. You're hunting for something. You're putting up a, something to cover you. This is something created from our ancestral instincts, from when we were cave people. See, what the mark is, what the target that we're doing, is every human wants to feel safe. They want to feel secure. They want to be provided a shelter. And this is so understood that when Jesus came down in his physical form, Jesus decided the first couple things that he would do, his first miracle, was he was going to feed people. He was going to get people and give them something to drink. The next major miracle that he went and performed, he did miracles. He healed people. Jesus took care of the physical needs, made people feel safe, provided them food and shelter, or gave them a way to provide that for themselves. See, but so many times we get so caught up on this idea that money that were when greed is presented to the lower class people, they forget that often that those in the lower class, people living paycheck to paycheck, the only way they can get this security, they can get this food, this shelter, this basic hierarchy of needs before they can even start thinking about anything more is through money, working nine to five. So a lot of times people who have had, especially spiritual leaders or rich kings, they forget that money gives people the opportunity to even have the space to think about anything else. If you're living paycheck to paycheck working 24 hours seven days a week shifts you barely got time to think about what God is calling you to do because your boss is calling you to do something else now 
Others would get mad at you for that, saying you're not building enough time for God. But you won't have enough time to build with God if you can't eat, if you can't sleep, if you don't have anything else. And so a lot of people present this idea of greed and attack the lower um, people at lower socioeconomic classes, attack them for just living and trying to survive. But in reality, the greed in so lower socioeconomic classes, if you live in paycheck to paycheck, your greed is not living paycheck to paycheck. You're not living in a sin by trying to make it from this day to that day and feed yourself, feed your family, keep a shelter over your health. That is basic instincts given to you by God. Your greed comes in when you think that your shelter, your house, your food, your security, when you think that those things are it, that that's all God has for you. When you think that just being fed is all God got and you comfy and you there, that's when you mess up. When you think that just having a house or having clothes that kind of finally can express who you want to be, when you finally feel that that's it, that's all God had for you, that's where the greed comes in. See, the basic needs are the basic. That's where you start. Once you have a safety, food, security, then you can start to move up the hierarchy of needs. Then you start going to the third and fourth level, the psychological, where you start dealing with self-esteem and belongingness. How do you feel about yourself? How, who do you belong with or who do you belong to? That's when you start asking these questions. But you can only ask them when you're safe, when you're secure, when you got food in your stomach and you've slept or you feel comfy, comfy enough to sleep. See. Jesus understands it so much that in John 14, verses 2, Jesus says, In my Father's house, there is enough room. If it were not so, I would have told you. Jesus goes on and says, In my Father's house, there is enough room for each and every last one of you. If there wasn't, I would have told you. What that means is, despite your utility, despite what your utility's bill looks like, you have a house in God's kingdom. You have a room set up for you. What that shows is the target. Jesus is presenting us the target. Because remember, a sin, like greed, like lust, a sin is just when we miss the target. God has a target, what we're meant to be, who we're supposed to be, and we missed it. Like with a bow and arrow, we just missed the target mark, but we can try again. Chata, to sin, does not mean that you will always make the mistake. What it means is you have the ability to make the mistake or to make it happened to make the success. You have that possibility. And so what greed does in this moment, what we're missing the mark on is recognizing that every person deserves and needs shelter, safety, security. That's a universal thing. But where it gets tricky, where greed comes in is where it goes from everybody needs that to just I need that. And see, there is a lie, a misconception that maybe the enemy started, maybe capitalism started, maybe the idea of selling human beings as property is what started it. But this belief or this idea that there's just not enough resources in the world. And so for you to make it in life, you have to take it from somebody else because there just is not enough. But I rebuke that. I refuse to accept that a God that spent six whole days when God could have easily just said, and there's earth. Instead, God spent six whole days in a seventh day to rest, just saying that it is good. I refuse to believe that that God would not put enough resources out here for us. That same God would not then go and say that heaven has enough resources for everybody, but earth never did. I would argue instead that it's our mismanagement. It's our miscalculations that presents this idea that there's just not enough on earth. But yet I present that it's our greed that takes away. It's our greed that presents and puts so many people in the situation to where they have to work 24-7, seven days a week just to survive because others never have to. See, it is the institutions 
that we need to check for greed. It's the individual is often attacked and blamed for the sense of greed for not having enough. It's the individual that's greedy, but in reality, it's whole institutions that are greedy. Whole institutions that decide to take and compete and never think of the individual and how they're affecting them. See, where we need to stop and attack greed is no longer at the lower income people because they got enough going on. They recognize that this money isn't gonna give them everything because they've never had the money. But what we need to tell them is that just because you didn't have the paycheck, you didn't have your limbs, you didn't have the utility, you didn't have a use, God still saw you and said, you're worth saving. Because God didn't have no greed. God didn't say, you need to provide for me something so then I can take care of you. God just said, let me, please let me take care of you. And you may be sitting there, it's not that easy, easy. I know it's not that easy to go ahead and stop thinking, especially when you don't know where your next meal is coming from, especially when you don't know if there's going to be shelter over your head. It's not that easy to start questioning these things and saying, what's my destiny? Who am I supposed to be? Easy. I don't even know if I got food next week. What you need to remember or recognize is that your destiny, who you're meant to be, what God calls you for is not a profession. It's not a job title. It's not even a paycheck. It's not even a certain amount of money, a tax bracket. What God called you to be is an action that you can do with a job and without a job. And that's what rich folk are scared of. What they're not recognizing is that they believe that if they take and they take and they have and they have, then they'll never be able to lose their identity. But in reality, what it is, is that the more that you have, the harder it is to find your own identity. There's this middle sweet spot. That's why we call it the target. You go too far left, you end up in greed. You go too far right, you're giving everything away through your virtues. You need to hit that middle target to where you're recognizing that everybody deserves to be protected. Everybody deserves to have shelter. Everybody deserves to know where their next food is coming from. It hurts my spirit whenever I hear that kids don't have enough to eat. But then I see on TV and news where billionaires are dying and all their billions are just staying there in a depository, never, going to be, never being able to go anywhere. The idea is that this greed, this lack of resources wasn't presented by the lower class, it was presented by the upper class. And we keep yelling at those people, saying that it's not the institution's fault, it's not the church, it's not the government, it's not them, saying that we should protect rich people's money, but then we'll go into church and say, okay, everybody should pay their tithe, or everybody should work to take care of the homeless, but none of us would even ever vote to take care of the homeless. None of us would vote to feed people. None of us would vote to give people free housing. Instead, we would rather just go to a church and say it's the church's job. When is it that we're going to process and realize that it's every institution, that your Christian desire, that your belief that you're supposed to be a better person every day feeds into your politics? How do you show up on Sunday and say, yeah, here's my tithe so I can feed the homeless, but then when it's time to vote, you don't want to feed the homeless? It makes no sense to me that the bare minimum, the very easy thing, and yes, I know it is easy, easy, is to feed people. That's what Jesus did best. He came out, he fed you, and then he wanted to talk to you. These people now don't understand that greed, this understanding that they want to keep their material objects. They don't want to feed people because they're scared if they feed people, then they might lose something from themselves. If they give too much to somebody else, they may lose something. But let me tell you, when you start giving away, you start to reveal a lot more about yourself. Your destiny in and of itself is a form of expression where you're giving away your best health, your best self. If you're helping somebody, then that's giving you your best self. If you're an artist and you create, that's expressing, that's giving something to somebody else. And that's just your destiny. You don't need a job for that. You could be incarcerated for that. You could be a billionaire for that. And you could still miss it with all the millions and the billions in the world. Your destiny, who you're meant to be, it can be perverted by greed. Saying that you have to make some money off of it. Saying that you have to do this or you have to provide the security. Let me tell you, 
If you live in paycheck to paycheck, then I pray that you get something to eat. I pray that you have a house that's consistently over your head. And I pray that once all those things are there, you recognize and you establish that you got more growing to do, that you have more on your plate than just feeding yourself, that you got some growing to do because your identity is at stake. If you making billionaires right now, pass me some. Because you don't need all them. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, a, I'm. Pass me some. If you got billions right now and you're listening, what you doing? I, I, my, my cash app is in the bottom. Just playing. But if you got billions, you need to recognize that those billions of dollars, those cars, those things that you express yourself. Beautiful clothes are one thing to wear, but they mean absolutely nothing if the person inside of them doesn't know how to express themselves through it. Yeah, I wear pretty clothes. I like to wear jewelry because what this does is expresses who I am on the inside. But a lot of us be putting on anything, hoping that what we put on will show what we don't even know ourselves to be. See, those things, those fancy, it's beautiful. I would love if you were able to express yourself. I would love if every person that was living paycheck to paycheck was able to wear and work the, or wear the kind of clothes that they love and makes them feel comfortable, that they could afford it. But in reality, a lot of us are buying stuff, cars, homes, getting jobs, thinking that those things will define us. In reality, those things aren't going to define us. They'll add to it, but they'll never be fully you because you were you before you got that job. You were you before you got that car. You were you before that paycheck. You were you from the start. When you were a born baby, fresh out, you ain't had no job, you ain't had no experience, you ain't have no credit score yet, you didn't even have a name, but yet you were still you. So there was something that you could do on that first day and something that you're going to keep doing to your last day that excludes the acquisition of money. I'm not saying that if you live in paycheck to paycheck that you shouldn't still be fighting to have some security. If anything, what I'm saying is everybody else should be fighting to secure that for you. The target market is everybody deserves to have somewhere to sleep. It is just that easy. It's just that simple. Everyone deserves to know where their next meal is coming from. And if you're a Christian, if you're somebody who says that you want to be better each and every day, it should just be that simple. You should want to see people fed. You should want to see people housed. You should want people to be taken care of because that's the target. That's what God is aiming and asking you to do. Jesus is saying, please. Jesus is saying, because if you don't, in heaven, he said it here in John 14 too, in my father's house, I'll have enough room for them. Since these people want to be greedy and not provide and not take care of and not help the homeless and not protect the widows, since they want to keep seeing children go hungry on the streets, I'll do it. Jesus said, you're so worth saving, even though you didn't get that last paycheck, even though you got fired, even though one simple mistake ended you up on the street or one simple medical bill now means that everybody's looking at you funny. You're still worth saving. 2,000 years ago, a man who barely had a home over his head, a man who barely was able to eat for himself, went up on the cross and said, all those other people that are homeless, all those other people that are hungry, all those people that never knew hunger or never knew an issue, all those people that didn't even have to think about a paycheck because their bills was on auto pay. I'm dying for each and every last one of them because even consumed in greed even without a paycheck even completely poverty stricken even without a home over your head let me tell you you're still worth saving and it's just that easy this is your favorite radio reverend preach easy reminding you that the target is everybody deserves to eat. Everybody deserves to feel a sense of shelter and if you can provide that even for a moment for a day do it. 
Don't ask, don't question what they're going to do with the money. What are they going to do with this? Or I don't want to take money from the rich folk. Them rich folk will be fine. They was making money, stealing from folk beforehand. They'll keep doing it. What we need to do as people that grow and be better every day is we need to hold folk accountable with that greed. We need to make sure that all of God's children are taken care of and protected, not just by the church, but in every institution, every instance. And that's the easy truth. We feed people. This is your favorite radio, Reverend Preach Easy, signing off.